It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. Yeah, we do. We uh, set sail on hour number two of the program uh, this afternoon. Full four-hour show for you today, Gwen and Chris on 97.3 The Fan. Today, it's Chris Ello, Matt Scraby. We are together in our Odyssey Palace studios. Tony Gwynn Jr. is on vacay and uh, will return on uh, Monday. Actually, the final hour of the show today, make sure you're tuned in. Scraby's going to be helming things. Helming? Oh, is that uh, a fun... word? You like that? <laughs> yes, I do, actually. You don't know that word? Uh, no, I know the helm and everything. Yes, I've never heard helming at, before. If you're at the helm, you're going to be running the show. I like to re- imagine myself actually at the helm. Like, yes, of Captain Scraby. Yes. Captain Scraby will yes. be taking over in the 5 o'clock hour today. I have a Aztec women's basketball game this evening. Lady Aztec. They don't call them the Lady Aztecs. Actually. You know, Tony and I were trying Aztecs. to figure this out last week. Is yeah, it they just, don't. It's just the Aztecs. Yeah, it's they not just women's go with Aztecs. Aztecs. Not women's. Not lady. They don't. They don't do that. Okay. Uh, just uh, Stacy Terry Hudson's team looking for a third consecutive win tonight uh, out at Viejas Arena. If you're in the neighborhood, stop by, enjoy a little women's college basketball. Uh, the men are obviously playing in Stanford tonight in Palo Alto, which is where I was last Monday. Yeah. Interesting that eight days apart. The women's team played at Stanford. Now the men's team is playing at Stanford. Uh, we'll talk about that and the spread and all of that good stuff in the Daily Gambit. Coming up here in just a few minutes. Uh, before we get to that, Washington Commanders coach Ron Rivera. Congratulations to Ron. And uh, it was kind of an emotional night last night. It was? In Philadelphia. It was. Uh, Ron Rivera's uh, mother's been ill for oh, quite some time and passed away recently. Oh. And uh, he was uh, he was he, tremendously choked up. I don't know if you saw the no, post-game press conference, but uh, uh, trying to give out the game ball. It was the uh, first win for his commander since the death of his mother. And, uh, you know, I lost my mom this year. Yes, you did. And so I have, uh, you know, kind of a special affinity Right now, for people who lost the lost have lost any parent, and uh, they also uh, Troy Aikman's mom apparently passed recently. They had wow. a tribute to her. Oh, I did the, see uh, that. I did on see the that. telecast last night. So, yeah, Ron Rivera, uh, terrific guy. I, I mean, when he was in San Diego, he was a defensive coordinator here at the Chargers. Really liked Ron Rivera. He was always gracious and uh, forthcoming. Now, you didn't get a chance to interview him very often. Because the Chargers used to have a stupid rule that said you couldn't interview any of the assistant coaches. Oh, yes. But that, that, so, that's put in for their protection so they don't have to say no. <laughs> I understand. But uh, Ron Rivera was uh, still a terrific guy. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I think he's an underrated coach in the National Football League. Uh, you know, he's not ever considered one of the top guys, but that Washington team doesn't have a whole lot. I mean, besides Terry McLaurin. Uh, I, I think he's really the only superstar they have. Chase Young, whenever he plays again. Yeah, Chase Young never plays. Um, but, you know, he's got them back to 5-5. Five and five And uh, But I'll tell you one thing about Ron Rivera. He better not mess this next decision up. He said today that he's still not sure whether or not Carson Wentz will be activated off injured reserve and return as the starting quarterback of the Washington Commanders when he does return. Are you kidding me? You Why would you even be thinking him. about that? You Taylor can't. Heineke wins games. Again, is it go back to the Anthony Davis thing? 
Do you want somebody to put up numbers, or do you want somebody who wins games? Taylor Heineke is 3-1 and one this season, knocked off the Eagles, knocked off the Packers, mm-hmm. and is 10-9 and nine overall as a starting quarterback. Do you know what the other Washington football team quarterbacks are in that same you know, amount of time? Yeah, uh-uh. the same stretch? Maybe like 7-12. Um, Way worse. Way worse. Nineteen and thirty-seven. Oh, that is way worse. They're That's almost, awful. Yeah, that, that so is bad. the Washington football team doesn't win any games when Taylor Heineke doesn't start, and they do win games when he does. I just don't see any decision that needs to be made. I, I you and I go back and forth on this whole thing with. Justin Herbert and Tua Tagovailoa all the time. <laughs> it came up before the show again. It came today. up before the show again today. We're kicking things around. And, you know, my thing with Tua is, and this year he is putting up the numbers, so I don't really have to, you know, argue too strongly. No, no, he's doing it for you. But my thing is, is Tua wins. I mean, he just does. I He's 7-0 and this year, you know, when he plays the the whole game. He's had a winning record each of his first two seasons. Justin Herbert puts up stats, and he puts up big stats. And I don't mean to, you know, dismiss the numbers that he's capable of, but Justin Herbert's never had a winning season. He's 0 for 2. This is his third year. Yeah. And if the playoffs started today, he'd be where he usually is, on the sidelines. So you can tell me that Justin Herbert is a better quarterback than Tua Tonga-Vailoa. I won't necessarily argue that. But what I will argue is the guy that I'd rather have playing for me. And I'd rather have the guy who wins playing for me. And now let's go back to the commanders. Why would you even consider Carson Wentz, who hasn't won a game since he left Philadelphia five years ago? (laughs) That's not true. All right, he's won a couple. You know, but why would you even consider him when Taylor Heineke is winning for you? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I'm trying to get to the website as quickly as possible, All but right, he's making uh, 22. Uh, his cap hit is 28 oh, million dollars well, this right. year. If that's what you're going to judge starting players on, their salaries, you're you going to have losing football teams. Daniel Snyder is the owner. Yeah, well, that's a good point. And I was thinking of that last night as I was watching that team play, and I'm like, man, they're playing pretty well considering all the mess that's going on above them in that organization. That was a really nice win by Washington last Huge night. Huge win. I mean, they they deserved the game. They the time of possession was extraordinary. At one point it was like 35 to 8. I know. In favor of the Commanders. Yeah. I mean, they completely controlled that game last night. Deserved to win it. All right. Uh let's get into some of the numbers, some of the winners, the losers out there. It's the Daily Gambit. Do you like money? I think about money a lot. Do you like money without doing anything? Uh, duh. Winning. Do you want to make money while watching sports? I think Washington is immortal luck. Washington! Woohoo! If you answered yes, this is your segment. Just don't blame us when you lose. Nothing is ever your fault. It's your game. Take it. Gwen and Chris go through the top bets of the day in The Daily Gambit on 97.3 The Fan. Daily Gambit is our daily sports betting segment here on Gwen and Chris. And make sure you gamble responsibly because I'm going to tell you about something. I'm going to preview something about Yasiel Puig and what he did sports betting that will show you why 
you need to gamble responsibly. You need to be careful out there, Very even if you careful. have a lot of money. Even if you have a lot of money, you need to be careful. Yeah, it's well, dangerous. just tell us about the Yasiel Puig thing. Uh, I will. I will in a second. Oh, you're going to hold oh, off yes. on it. Oh, yes. And I also have a big five question about it. We're going to talk about it a couple times, but I'll get to that in just, well, just a second. Just imagine last night if you made a 20 to 1 odds bet on there being no defensive touchdown scored in that football game. Right? Yes, I know. I know. And there was no defensive touchdown scored in that football game. Oh, be- yeah. Until the final stupid play of the game when the Eagles did that little lateral thing yes. and Devonta Smith threw the ball back into his own end zone and the. Washington kid from uh, Cathedral Catholic yep. recovered it for a touchdown, and you lose. You lose. That's, There's no that's way brutal. to predict what's going to happen in these things. We have an experimental segment that we're going to try out at 340, and we're going to talk about that as well. So lots of re- referring to the Daily Gambit today. But right. let's start with what we talked about yesterday. The Eagles were 11-point favorites. They did not win. We know that. So the yes. Commanders did take that on the spread. Yasso yes, had to give $550 to win 100 just Straight up yes. on the Eagles. Yes, and that's So crazy. that's a nice waste of $550. Oh, I'll tell you, you why it's that. a waste of uh, $550 in a little bit. Brian Robinson, over 33.5 rushing yards last night. You said yes. I said yes. He did. 86. Oh, yeah. He crushed he it. way over. Now, Curtis, Curtis Samuel, over 40.5 receiving yards. He only had 28 in the game. So I he said did under. Not. Yes, I got you that did. one also. You did. Now, the anytime TD score in the game last night, Chris, you were the only one who got it as well with Brian Robinson plus 220 yeah. being the only touchdown I had score. a big night last night, even though I didn't bet on any of this. I know. Uh, nor Ter- would I ever do. Now, we that. did a, a, a performance double, and it was Terry McLaurin to have 100-plus receiving yards in Washington to win for plus 1,500. This happened. He had 128 receiving yards, and yeah. Washington did win. So that you should bet have paid a lot more than that, though. Yeah, you bet 100, See, you get 1,500. That's the thing. I mean, the odds of Washington winning that game straight up, you know, and the guy getting over 100 yards, should it's way more than 15 I agree to with 1. You. So I, I agree. if you win, you should be paid more on your victory there. Now, I had a crazy bet of the night last night, and it ended up not being so crazy because it was a plus 4,300, and it was Terry McLaurin to have 150-plus receiving yards and Washington to win with the spread. So, Terry McLaurin, when he got to 128 yards, I'm thinking, man, I should have actually bet money on this this shot. And uh, he didn't get there, so he came up short on the crazy bet. But that was a pretty fun night, a fun game last night. A lot of good game, good stuff last night, and a nice uh, performance. And it turned what I think a lot of people thought would be kind of a ho-hum Monday night game into a very interesting contest. I agree. I agree. Now, uh, let's get to the Aztecs basketball tonight before we get into Yasiel Puig and some of the other crazy bets that did not hit over the weekend or last night. I mean, uh, San Diego State number 17 in the country up in Stanford. As we've told you, they are five point favorites in the game, Chris. Yeah, Uh, I'm going to be I'm going to go negative Nelly here. What? Yeah, I, I, I think that Stanford has a chance to win the game. I don't want them to win the game. I think the Aztecs will find a way here. I'm not a hundred. I told you yesterday, I'm not sold yet on the Aztecs at the defensive end of the floor. I need to see, you know, a lockdown performance, and it's early in the season. I know the Aztecs can score, but defense is what travels. Offense doesn't always travel. Stanford is a much better team than I think we know they are. They're one and one so far. Uh, I know they lost to Wisconsin, but I think that was on the road. So. 
They're at home. They're in that little tiny gym on the Stanford campus. You were Mark, just in there? I was just there. So I left my, my, my imprint. Your, your magic? My magical or my negative magic. Your negative belly magic? So I, I'm going to take Stanford plus the five, and I'm going to hope that the Aztecs prove me wrong. Wow. I'm going to go with the Aztecs. All right. I think they're going to win by 10. Win by 10? I yeah. hope you're right, Scraby. I it's really going to be do. close, and then they pull away at the end. Might be one of those. See, college basketball, any basketball is difficult to bet. Because it can be a three- or four-point game with a minute to play, and then you start fouling, and you miss a shot, foul some more, and the team ends up winning by 10. Yeah. Even in a game when they never led by exactly. more than a couple. And that is tough. That is a tough thing. That's I didn't, a tough yeah. way to lose a bet. So uh, I, I think Stanford at home getting points, you got to be careful here if you're the Aztecs. I think it would be a very, very tight game, and to me it's going to be a very nice win if they get it. Uh the real quick a, a better at at bet MGM wagered three hundred and thirty one thousand dollars on the Eagles money line Chris last night minus five fifty the bet would have won sixty thousand dollars so that person lost three hundred thirty one thousand yeah. dollars in how favor dumb. of trying to win sixty yeah how that doesn't 60, make any sense for me it doesn't how does sixty thousand dollars going to change the life of somebody that obviously has three hundred and thirty thousand to waste it's got to be something that makes them feel the the adrenaline rush or something well, i mean it. you just lost over a quarter of a million dollars on a yeah bet yes you did on one football game <sighs> and um, you really should be paying attention this season in the nfl because double digit underdogs have been winning yeah at a pretty steady rate it's been a crazy year that i i can't i can't even imagine when i saw no. that i was i was dumbfounded yeah bet three hundred thirty thousand dollars. if you bet on tcu college basketball last night they lost by one point to northwestern state the demons D- the demons they were Look out T- for the demons tcu was uh on the money line minus three thousand favorites so they were heavily favored to win so you could have bet you could have lost three thousand dollars on that game yeah but very easily just to win a hundred i haven't seen anyone make a big bet on this game so that they lost yeah but, but uh, that's where you got it i mean that's what like you think you just think that's an automatic hundred bucks yeah but it's so not. what if you already have three thousand <laughs> in your pocket, what do you need another hundred for? I, yeah, I don't really want to risk my three thousand for the extra hundred that I'm I don't get gonna it. get out of it. I don't get it. All right, Yasiel Puig, former Dodger, former Red, former Major Leaguer, he has been um, charged, and yes, he, he will be sentenced here for lying to federal investigators, doing illegal betting. He owed a, a, someone two hundred thousand dollars. This person. And they call him Agent One in the document, said that Yasiel Puig uh, gave him two cashier's checks of $100,000 each. Now, the federal investigators, this happened in 2019, federal investigators ended up asking Puig about this, and he lied and said he had no recollection of these cashier's checks. He also sent a WhatsApp message to someone admitting to lying to federal investigators. Yes, he also, it was also revealed that he bet on at least 900 sporting events in 2019 alone. And, and that's that, an average of three bets a day. And that did not include baseball. I looked. He was active in his career during the time that he bet, yes. but they're saying that these but did not include But how can you be 100% it. sure you that with 900 events he didn't bet on baseball at least once? And, and this is why it's so such a slippery slope for yeah, sports betting. Stay away from this kind of stuff. 900 bets in one year. Yeah. Somehow, Yasiel Puig conveniently forgot that he did that, 
when he was asked about it. Oh, you think he, he forgot? <laughs> yes. Oh, and this then when slipped they, my mind. And then when they proved it to him, he conveniently said, oh, yes, I did make oh. a couple of bets. That's what you were asking oh. me about. Oh, that's oh, what you were you were asking about asking. my sports bets. Oh, I thought you were Sorry, talking about something I didn't else. Get that. Yes, no, but faces, 200, 200,000, yeah, he faces five years. Five but, years in prison. I don't think he'll get that. But. No, but don't don't lie to federal investigators. You will most likely get found out. Don't bet in the first place. That's the, that's but, the but easiest the thing, way to stay out of trouble. The thing with, with these guys that are betting, I know that they're trying to stay away from being, being uh, outcast and, and being found out by the, the leagues that they're playing in, but like... You can. You don't need a a, a middleman for this you, to b- make the bets for you. You can make up accounts. I mean, it happens all the time. I love this uh, line in the story. It says Puig, who played for the Cincinnati Reds in 2019, apparently wasn't a stellar better. No, apparently <laughs> not. By June of 2019, he owed his agent one guy. Yeah. $282,000 in losses. Yeah, he wasn't good at betting. I mean, my goodness. You're going to make 900 bets? How about winning a couple? Well, it's kind of it's just that sick circle that you get in where you start betting, you win a couple, and then you bet more, and then you get down and you try to win it back, and then all of a sudden... Chase after bad money. You're lying to federal investigators and conveniently forgetting that you got two cashier's checks for over $200,000. Yeah, the Daily Gambit people... For fun only. For fun only. Yeah. Please bet responsibly. Please do exactly that. All right. We mentioned it in that segment, but when we come back, we'll take a little closer look ahead at tonight's huge Aztec basketball game, the 17th-ranked Aztecs taking on Stanford. We'll talk about it when Gwen and Chris returns after a check of traffic. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays, too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Here we go. 324 is the time. Welcome back. Gwen and Chris. Chris, hello. Matt Scraby together in our Odyssey Palace studios today. Scraby will helm the program, and he's really excited about that. It'll be Captain Scraby in the 5 o'clock hour today. I'm the captain now. I will check out a little bit. You're, is that from uh, Captain Ron? Captain Phillips. No. I mean, Captain <laughs> Phillips? Yeah, not Captain Ron. What's Captain Ron? Is that another movie? Yeah, another I, I movie, believe that's it? like a comedy, though. That's an old movie with yeah. uh, Kurt Russell and Gordy Yes, Hunt. there you go. There you yeah. go. But Captain I, Phillips is the one where the guy I, yeah. comes on board. I just watched it last says, week. I am the captain now. Yeah, he's Tom a, Hanks. The, hey, listen. You listen to me. I'm the captain now. Okay. All right. Well, at 5 o'clock, that will be true. Scraby will take over the program. <laughs> Uh, we have a full four hours for you today. Big five coming up along with Chris versus the fans in the four o'clock hour tonight after our program is over. Now we don't carry the games, but, uh, you can watch on TV pack 12 network. Do you know where that is on your cable? Uh, I think it's Package. channel 9,233. 9,000. Yeah. You have that many channels. No, but that's where I believe 9, it is. 000? I mean, 
Wow. I think mine's <laughs> only like 375 for the Pac-12 network. I got to look into it. Yes, I, did I don't a little, think I've ever clicked on the Pac-12 network I in did my a little, life. I uh, did a little pre, uh, pre-game, uh, pre-channel Oh, yes, this is, yes, this does sound sure like you. To make sure that I have this game uh, taped properly tonight. Six o'clock, Maples Pavilion. San Diego State, 17th ranked in the nation, 2-0 and on the season, taking on 1-1 one and one Stanford. Aztecs Darian Trammell was named the Mountain West uh, not only preseason newcomer of the year, he was also named the Conference Player of the Week last week with 19.5 points per game. Aztecs have never beaten Stanford. They're 0-4 all-time against the Cardinal. Last time they played, though, was 1997. That's before the... Aztecs got good. Um, do you think that it's a good idea or good news for the Aztecs that a lot of guys are going back to their home area for this game, homecoming type game? Trammell is from Marin, Marin City. Oh, yeah. Keyshot Johnson's from Oakland. All right. Biles Bird is from Stockton. Nathan Mensa, Napa. He went to high school there. Do you think Man, that's, that's a that's good cushy. thing to have a Napa. bunch of guys going to their homecoming? Because sometimes you press a little bit. I get when it, but it depends. I mean, Palo Alto is not close to most of those places. Yeah, but it's all the Bay Area. I get it. Yeah, right. I, I think I think they will definitely play a little bit harder, but I, I also think that they're just in it to win the game. Well, of course they are. Uh, Stanford uh, beat Pacific in its opening game, 88-78. to Then uh, last Friday, Stanford played against Wisconsin, Lost that game 60-50. to 50. You know where that game was played, Scraby? No. At America Family Field, home of the baseball Milwaukee Brewers. I, I saw them setting up on MLB Network for that. I there didn't realize go. it was them. Yeah, Stanford played one of those outdoor games. Uh, here's the thing that concerns me about Stanford. 16-16 and 16 last year. Not a bad team, certainly. Uh, they returned eight of their top nine players from a year ago. That includes... Harrison Ingram, who was named the Pac-12 Freshman of the Year last year. Uh, Cardinals have a 6'9", 6'8", 6'8", coming off the bench. And they make 65% of their two-point shots. They're not a good three-point shooting team, however. We'll see again. The Aztecs need to lock down at the defensive end of the floor if they're going to pull out this victory. Stanford was picked fifth in the Pac-12 preseason poll behind UCLA, Arizona, Oregon, and USC. I'm very worried about this game. You are. You you've been you've been saying it in the break. You've yeah. been saying it on the show. I am. I'm definitely concerned. Uh Tory Pines alum, Brandon Angel, plays for Stanford. Had fourteen points in the Pacific game earlier this season. This is uh this is a dangerous team. They were ten and five at home last year. Ziegler got me worried about it a couple of weeks ago when he came on and he said, it's going to be a weird atmosphere there because no one's there. People don't go to Stanford home games. And I can prove that based on what I saw last week. Because remember, when I was there for the Aztec women's game, it was last Monday night that the women's game took place. That afternoon was when the men's game was. Yeah, that's right. They reverse the way you would normally think it is in a men's and women's double header normally the women's game is early then they you know fill up the stands for the men's game so you got to see the men it's the back it's the opposite yeah 
The but, men play in the afternoon, and then they fill up the stands for the women's game because the women are the number two team in the nation. So how how uh, how was the men's team? Did you get to watch them at all? I didn't get to see any of their game. I uh, we were practicing at an adjacent arena, and um, did not uh, go in to see any of the men play. But I, I like I said, a, a team that's you know over five hundred at home, Pac twelve. Aztecs have won four of their last five against the Pac-12. Most recent was a loss to USC last year. So we'll see. Let's see what the Aztecs are made of. I think this is, I mean, I know BYU was challenging, but I find this to be really. This is going to be the challenge. One of the big challenges of the early season. Keyshad Johnson, by the way, is uncertain for the game tonight. Suffered a right shoulder contusion in the opening game against Cal State Fullerton, only played seven minutes last week against BYU. So we'll see. Uh, as Ziegler points out, this is the the old trap game. Oh, yeah. The trap game, it comes between the emotional high of beating your rival BYU and going to Maui next week for the Maui Invitational. And in between that is this game tonight. Yeah, a little... Little old Stanford. I'm finding a whole bunch of reasons to be really. Yeah, really I don't know why you're doing this to yourself. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm. I'm creating a real problem for myself. You here know on what? This game. You know what? Though I get that you want to win, Chris, but it's the early part of the college basketball season. A loss isn't going to kill them. It's not going to kill them, but it'll upset me to this extent. <laughs> if they lose a game in the early season. The AP voters can't wait to wipe them out of the poll. Right? You're probably right about that. And I just that. don't want them to be, you know, knocked out of the poll. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna like lose by ranking. one to Stanford, and then they're gonna be ranked like number seventy two after yeah. that. I mean, they'll go flying right we out. We can't of the have poll. San Diego State in the polls. They lost. Yeah, and they're San Diego State. Yeah, we what gotta we, put. What do you even have them in there for the first place? We gotta put someone like Northwestern State. In there, Northwestern State beat 15th ranked TCU, and they're going to be number two in the polls. Number two, that might be a little high for them. Okay, all right. Aztec Stanford game six o'clock this evening. You can watch it on the Pac-12 Network if you can find the Pac-12 Network. Good luck on that. Uh, Happy hunting to all you channel surfers out there for tonight's Aztec basketball game. And uh, I hope I'm concerned for nothing, but I have. I think you will be. My concern might be somewhat warranted. Ten point win, out. remember. Ten point win. Scraby yep. says, just mm-hmm. relax, Chris. It's just an easy relax. Win. All right. Everything's going to be okay. We'll take a break, come back. Much more Gwen and Chris on the way. Stick around. Guess what? If you're just tuning into the program, you're in luck. Scraby is about to debut a brand new segment that he says is going to be informative and entertaining. <laughs> I, I don't know that I ever used either of those words. Well, Entertaining, it better, yes. It better be one of those two things. It's going to be entertaining. Otherwise, I don't know if it will be entertaining. It's going to be wasting everybody's time. No, never. It's coming up in just a few moments. Before that, Gwen and Chris, Chrisello, Matt Scraby. With Tony Gwynn Jr. on vacation, we got a couple of uh, baseball notes for you. Outfielder Jock Peterson has accepted a one-year $19.5 million qualifying offer. He will stay with the San Francisco Giants. I heard some rumors about getting jocked down here in San Diego. Yeah, platoon he, player. Yeah, exactly. He can only hit against lefties? Well, no, he hits against righties. righties He's a left-handed okay. that, batter. Yes, that makes sense. Though. But he can hit lefties, just not very well. Uh, Giants will keep Jock Peterson for another year. Texas Rangers have agreed a one-year deal with uh, Martin Perez, left-handed pitcher. We'll stay with Texas. Players who turn down qualifying offers include Aaron Judge, 
Trey Turner, the Dodgers, Xander Bogart to the Red Sox, Jacob DeGrom of the Mets, Dansby Swanson of the Braves. The only one the Braves couldn't sign for dollars on the, what, dimes on the dollar? Yeah, no kidding. They've got so many good deals on that roster. Albies and Acuna. Yeah, Carlos Rodon, the Giants, turned down the qualifying offer. Brandon Nimmo, the Mets, Wilson Contreras of the Cubs, AJ. Get Wilson Contreras. Chris is still loving this Wilson Contreras. Oh, I'd love to have an upgrade at catcher. Uh, Chris Bassett from the Mets and Nathan Ivaldi of Boston. All turned. Tyler Anderson did agree to a three year contract with the Los Angeles Angels, leaving the Dodgers. Anthony Rizzo today signed a two year contract to stay with the New York Yankees. The other baseball news, they will very soon. Announced the American League Manager of the Year Award. Scraby, do you know who the favorite is? In the American League? Yes. Would it be Scott Service? Uh, he's among the finalists, but as he's not is the Terry Francona uh, of the yeah. Guardians. He did win his division. But I think the favorite should be Brandon Hyde. I just saw him being interviewed on TV. A guy that nobody, honestly, could even identify if he walked into a room. I didn't even know I, who I, it was. I guarantee if Brandon Hyde walked into a meeting in Baltimore, nobody would know who he is. He's the manager of the Orioles, and he remarkably had them over the 500 mark this year. We'll see if Brandon Hyde ends up winning the American League Manager of the Year Award. They will announce it in the next 20 minutes or so later on this afternoon. National League Manager of the Year, which has come down to Dave Roberts, Buck Showalter, and Brian Snitker. Of the Braves. Yesterday, Julio Rodriguez, the Seattle Mariners. I don't say Rodriguez very well. Rodriguez. Yeah, you don't say it very well either. That's, so Just because you can't just, say it doesn't mean I can't say it. We should just sound like uh, the uh, Anglo-Americans that we are. Hey, Rodriguez. No, no good. You can't roll your no R's. That's why good. you're saying no. Rodriguez, I just rolled it. It still excuse me. <laughs> it doesn't sound very good. Michael Harris the second was the surprising National League Rookie of the Year winner, beating out his teammate Spencer Strider of the Braves. All right, uh, let's check some traffic and then find out what this whole new segment is all about. Well, this new segment doesn't have an open because it's just an experiment. But what we're going to call it, Chris, is called Commish Court. Commish Court. Once again, you are putting yourself in charge of the festivities. I am putting myself in charge of the festivities. What does that mean? It means you're being you're calling it commish court. Oh. So you're running the show. Oh, yes, yes. Did you have another name involved in commission? No, that's I just, fine. I just came up with commish court. Tell because, me what commish court is all about. Well, here and there I get uh, messages from listeners asking for us to solve their fantasy league questions. Either fantasy league questions or just, they just have fantasy football questions in general. And so I thought we would finally put the this to the test because we talked about this in the Big Five a few weeks ago, whether or not I should be able to keep uh, Debo Samuel in the IR spot. And my league was saying I shouldn't be able to because he was on a bye, so he wasn't playing. He technically wasn't out. Ended up that I got to keep him in the IR spot, so we solved that for us. Okay. So I thought that we should uh, you know, bring some of these to the show. And this one is in there because I saw it last night on Twitter, and they are petitioning their league for a certain thing to be removed from their scoring system. So here's the first one. Again, I saw it on Twitter last night, and 
The last play of the game was the Eagles trying to score a miraculous touchdown. This ended with Devontae Smith being or laddering the ball or being lateral the ball by Quez Watkins. Then he was the last offensive player to touch it, Devontae Smith was, and he threw it backwards, he fumbled it, he lost 10 yards in the stat column, and he lost a fumble. A fantasy player showed that they were winning by two, and then because of the minus one for the 10-yard loss and a minus two for the fumble, it actually placed this person one point behind. They lose <laughs> They lose their fantasy matchup. Ah, I feel so good about that because not everybody's – that means there's other people out there as miserable as me uh, yes, in there fantasy are. football. There are. There are a lot of people that are as miserable as you in fantasy football. That would be football. a miserable way to lose a Now, game. you can make rules against this, and this person's saying that they're not asking their league to change it now. But in the future, Chris, should plays like this be a part of the fantasy football scoring? Let me ask you this. Yes. If they threw the ball to Devonta Smith, uh-huh. Devontae Smith. And he scored. And he scored. Yes. Weaving through a million players and Has rattling he, back and forth, would you want that to count? Was it post-first lateral or was it the, I don't care what lateral it is. Let's say he ends up scoring at the end of the play a la Kenyon Drake in the Miami Miracle against New England many years ago. I would ha- Should that count? I would vote if we're not going to allow the latter, then we can't allow the exactly. former. Exactly. So how can you outlaw the latter? How you can't here's, outlaw here's this Here's how play. it is. If, if Jalen Hurts threw it to Devontae Smith and he caught it and he ran it all the way back without laddering it, I think that's a receiving touchdown because it didn't go through anybody else. But, but if it's lateral to him, it doesn't count? It shouldn't count as a catch in a touchdown because he wasn't the guy who originally what if that's the design of the play? What if you're down on the 30-yard line that could be. and you throw a, 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 a button hook to Devontae Smith and he laterals it to Miles Sanders who runs in for the touchdown? That's the design of the play. Are you going to take away the touchdown from Miles Sanders? Now, we have to, we have to say that. I mean, that. you're having a discussion here. I'm trying to show you where you're miles off course. Of course this has to count. Because you would want it to count as a touchdown if he ended up scoring on the miracle play. Now you would have to go the 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 commissioner of the league would have to go in and adjust these scoring plays because the play you're talking about, Chris, if it's designed and all that, I think you have to count it. But this does bring do. in this is a yeah this is a, a, a very complicated intricate situation. Well, I'm sorry if you lost your fantasy game last night based on that fumble play because. Yeah, not only did Devontae Smith lose points, but anybody who had the Washington defense gained six picked points. up six points, and that could have won their fantasy game for eight them. Eight points, actually. Two right, points for the a... fumble and six points for the touchdown. Right, so you pick up eight points on a very lucky play. But you know what? It's all part of the game, <sighs> the actual football game. It, it all is part of the game. You can't you can't outlaw certain plays because they're strange. As much as I want to say that you're wrong, I can't. You can't. I can't. I'm trying so hard no, to figure I'm out a way wrong. to do this, but I'm you can't. Certainly not wrong. You can't because then it becomes then it becomes like the review issue that we talked about at 2:20 today. Yes, and then there's too many things that go into it. Yes, I mean if you're going to start outlawing crazy fumble plays on laterals at the end of a game, then you've got to outlaw the hook and ladder. You got to outlaw a ball that the end. How about at the end of the first half when your quarterback throws it sixty yards down the field and there's a jump ball in the end zone and they catch it, it for gets, the hail mary? No, it gets oh. tipped around and oh. it's intercepted. Ah, what are you going to say? I don't get minus two there because it was just a hail mary. No, you're you're making great points. Yeah, you get a minus two. It's an interception. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you're. It's part of the rules of the right. game. I think you're right. As much as I want to protect against this because I don't want to be the guy who loses something because of it. 
I, but you I have can't. just as much chance as winning because of it. No, you're right. You're right. You can't you can't do anything about this. It's this all is just part, part of the of crazy fantasy football. nature of the National Football League. And if you're going to play fantasy football, you have to take all that the NFL gives you. The uh, Yeah, and two years ago, I came in last place because uh, a, a random three-second left fumble ended up being returned for a touchdown, and I became the last place person in the league because happen. of that. It can always, anything can happen. The lad, the game's not over till they're uh, you know walking off the field shaking hands. Yeah, so that's it. That was a play last night. It was crazy. It cost some people. It was good for some people. That's part of the fantasy world. All right, this was written to me from Jack. So apparently, I'm the commish because no, I overruled you. You, you, we talked it through. I see. We talked it through. Okay. Because I would have ruled with an iron fist and been like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go take care of every single play that's happened this year that mm-hmm. happened in the last play of the game, and I'm going to take those. Never mind. Okay. All right. This is from Jack. I'm in a league with my friend, and we co-own the team. The reason for that was because he had a month-long work project in October, and he could just couldn't handle it. It just worked out that we both managed four weeks. He did the first four, and I took care of the second four. He was one in three, and I was three and one. Now that I feel like I need to see this through, we are not getting along, and I want to tell him I'm the one who got us in the playoff hunt, so my vote gets more weight. Do I deserve more control for my performance? And I went and checked. Is this your team or is this your friend's team? And he asked you to co-own because he could, or co, co, uh, whatever, co-own because he could not do it with work. It's his friend's team, and that's he like asked me, him to co-own. That's like me saying I deserve control of my wife's team because I help her make some decisions, and I brought her Justin Fields and because it was my idea for her to pick up Justin Fields off waivers. It's not my team. It's my wife's team. But did she ask you so to be a guy, co-owner? You know what I'm going to tell you to this guy? Did she ask Get you to my courtroom? Did she ask you to be a co- co-owner? No, of course not. But she does ask for my help all the time, and this guy obviously had a work thing that he had to take care of for a month, so... Friend came in, went three and one. Thank you very much. Now I'll take my team back. I appreciate you helping me out. It's not your team. I'm not going to give you my team. That's my decision. What's your decision there? Dang it, Chris. You got me again. I really want to be on the guy's side because obviously you're a better fantasy footballer than him by going three and one instead of one and three. No, you're not. You just got lucky three times and he only got lucky once. That doesn't mean you're a better fantasy owner. I, I, Do you it, think you're a better fantasy owner than me because you're five and five and I'm three and seven right now? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I made the right moves. Okay. I picked up the right people. Yes, you're brilliant. I, I, I'll give you this. I'll, I'll tell you this. I've co-owned a team with someone before, and it was a long, long time ago. And it was the last time I ever co-owned a team with someone because it is impossible to do a fantasy football team with a co-owner because you guys are always – gals and guys are always going to disagree – I say this, never accept an offer to be a co-owner of a fantasy football team. Yeah, that's, that's how you the, get out of it. That's the best way around that. That's how you get out of but it. But if somebody asks you to help them out for a month and you go 3-1 and one or 4-0 and oh even, doesn't mean you get to keep the team. Sorry right. about that. Yes. Now let's go to our next one. And it's from a, someone that I actually met at Alesmith, Chris. You were busy meeting the people. I was busy meeting the people. His name is Stud, and he's from, uh, I believe, where did he, Norway, yes. Okay. He asked me this question when I saw him at Alesmith, so I told him to write in, and he did. And he says this. You guys updating us on your fantasy football league has made me want to play next year. I'm from Norway and moved to California for college three years ago. Now I'm in San Diego and adjusting to sports in America. The Padres were so much fun this year. That's how I found your show. 
As for fantasy football, what is the best type of league to play in? So Stude is looking to get into a, a, a league next year. My research research shows PPR. Your research? Research shows PPR, 0.5 PPR, and standard. What do you recommend? I'll go first. I recommend, for, for a first-year player who's never played fantasy football before, I say you go 0.5 PPR because standard's lame. You should get points for catches because those are few and far between for a lot of guys. PPR one point's too many for a catch? Yes, I do, because there's so much strategy involved in a PPR, whether or not you draft a running back because he has this many catches and a receiver, he has this many targets. I think a good entry-level league is a .5 PPR because it, it levels the playing field. It doesn't make people who are super smart exceed by getting the guys that uh, maybe get a little bit more catches. And so I, I would say .5 PPR. I don't think it really matters too much, to be honest with you, because every kind of league has a place you can go online to preview the season and get a ranking system for every single player. So you don't even have to do any homework, right? Yeah. I mean, no matter what your league rules are, you plug them in, and then you go draft based on what the projections are. Yeah, best next available player. I also I recommend mean, make following it easy for yes, you. Yes, I recommend following their their suggestions too. Well, because if I you're overthink just starting it. out. If you're just starting out, it's probably a good idea. I, I I think the PPR is the simplest. I think the .5 PPR is a little little more complicated, although not much more complicated. Um, but just do a PPR and a regular scoring system with the, you know that ESPN uses. The one thing I would not do defense if I was just starting out. No, I would not do what my wife's work league does. Mm. They have two quarterbacks, two flex players, no kickers. I'm they sorry. Have, yes, they're, two they're, quarterbacks. Two quarterbacks. Their lineup is so screwy. I've never played with I've two quarterbacks. I've never heard of this. Uh, so I don't care for for that. I mean, give yourself a quarterback. Give yourself a couple running backs. Two wide receivers. A flex. Tight end. Kicker, defense, be done with it. Now, uh, a big thing in our league that we're talking about, not our Odyssey League, but uh, another league that I'm in, we're, we're thinking about getting rid of kickers. Where do you stand on kickers? Because right now our point structure is like this. If it's a 58-yard field goal, you get 5.8 points. Okay. That's um, good. But we are thinking that kickers don't really matter anyway, so why would we need kickers? Do you want Just kickers a, as a part of your football Once team? again, I'll go back to my first answer. Do they have kickers in the National Football League? Do they, they score sure do. points? Then put them in your fantasy game. What about defensive players? Players, I think, is far too specific. Player. You get one defensive player. Yeah, I don't. I think it's far too specific. That is really crazy. If, it uh, is. I, how many tackles? How many assisted tackles? How many? To me, that's just getting far too confusing. There was a listener bragging to me that they play only defensive fantasy football, and yeah, I was like, that sounds boring. I'm it sorry. Is, yeah, that sounds like it's way too much work. <laughs> it is you way too much work. You don't want your fantasy football league to be work. You want to be able to watch the games on a Sunday and be able to follow along what's going on. You can't follow along how many tackles somebody has. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you can, but it's right. not as fun. It's not as fun. They don't have red zone for tackling. No. Uh, so that was Commission Court. I have a lot of these. I have to get them together, though, so maybe we'll do some over the next few weeks while we have nothing going the on holidays. over the holidays. All right. Grand prize is a trip to Las Vegas. Sound good? Only way you can qualify is to play Chris versus the fans. It's coming up next. Dial in 833-288-0973, our daily trivia game when we return.
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Searching for a parenting podcast you'll actually want to listen to? One that covers everything from how to deal with picky eating, how to grieve a pregnancy loss, and how to not hate your partner after having kids? Well, your new favorite podcast, After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings, is here. Hosted by two BFFs, this is a no-shame parenting podcast. Listen to and follow After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings on the free Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts.